And I don't, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say to any of you now. Because you all live in a reflecting hall of digital mirrors made of Facebooks and Twitters and Snapchats and Instagrams and Deliveroos and selfies and WhatsApps. <laughs> You're the kind of people who were run over by a bus because you were crossing the road whilst looking at a bus timetable app. This is the podcast about openness to new experiences. I'm Professor T, and with me, as always, on this St. Patrick's Day edition, even though it's been re- released the day after, but it's been recorded on St. Patrick's Day, is my co-host, Dr. Toomey. How are you this afternoon, Toomey? I am good this afternoon. It is 1.04 on St. Patrick's Day 2020. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Professor T. And likewise, to you, Dr. Toomey. Um, well, how has your day been so far? Uh, it's, it's been a bit of a sluggish start. I've kind of gotten up, and you know the way with the coronavirus, you're not sure what what you should be doing, so you end up staying in bed a bit longer. Yeah. I think the main thing you should definitely be doing is licking toilet seats anyway, so that's... Um. <laughs> yes, I've heard that's the, the advice we should all be following. Uh, on the topic of today's uh, task, uh, there was a famous viral video of a girl licking a toilet seat on TikTok. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that one, but I've seen similar ones. But that that sounds uh, obtuse. Yeah, well, f- fighting the coronavirus or something was the theme. But anyway, um, look, before we go any further, I would just like to make a correction about last week's episode. Oh. And, and all of the poppycock that I spouted when I was acting like I knew stuff about things. <laughs> a correction. This is a first. A, cor- a correction. Because I, I was so terribly wrong about a couple of things that I feel it would be... Um, ridiculous not to address that so we were talking of course about the um, uh, silent films from the 1920s and i was talking about charlie chaplin and i mentioned that i had heard that uh, charlie chaplin had been an influence on steve coogan now i think i got that completely wrong i also went on to say that coogan in fact played chaplin in in a film <laughs> in a film called chaplin which was released a couple of years ago again staggeringly wrong so uh, what actually happened was steve coogan was influenced by Laurel and Hardy. So Stan Laurel is actually the person he played in the film. Uh, oh Jesus, what is it called? Stan and Ollie, which was released in 2018. So in my ignorance of silent comedy or silent movies from that era and comedy from that era, I just mixed up Laurel and Hardy and Charlie Chaplin. Um, but but I go, it goes to show how, how ignorant I am of that type of era of Hollywood and films. And that was really the main, one of the main points in uh, trying to discover that, uh, genre and that era of uh, film but yeah so it was actually Robert Downey Jr. who played uh, Charlie Chaplin in the film Chaplin which wasn't released in 2018 or anything close it was actually released in 1992 so a cacophony of errors there on my part. <laughs> well that's a nice admission of ignorance you don't see too much admissions like that so I think it's only for the better that that you can admit st- front up to that. Yeah uh, so to summarize Coogan no not definitely influenced by Chaplin Influenced by Laurel and Hardy, played Stan Laurel in a film from 2018. On a separate note, Robert Downey Jr. played Charlie Chaplin in a film from 1992. Great. And all is right in the world. Well, it's better. Yeah. The world is a better place now that you've corrected that. Heights. Heights. Okay, great. And uh, 
yeah ha- any other kind of coronavirus type of uh, anecdotes no not really although I did, I did go to the shop today uh, just to get some alcohol just before we started recording and uh, went, like to the local centre and I went up and um, you know I went up to the till and I had a, a, a box of Guinness in my hand and uh, your man was like no 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 I was like all right, what's going on here? And I, I immediately I thought, oh, coronavirus, they're, they're not selling it or something. And he's like, no, no, we're not selling alcohol till 4 p.m. And then I looked around the shop and there were notices up to say that they weren't selling alcohol till 4 p.m. Uh, and I think it was because of St. Patrick's Day, which was bizarre and mental to me. Have you ever heard of this? No, no, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, so... I thought there was old laws that were replaced years ago around this. There were, well, there were, no, there weren't laws about drinking on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, no, I'm sure. thinking of Good Friday. yeah. So I couldn't understand it, but I was shocked <laughs> and uh, almost offended that I wasn't allowed to buy alcohol. But uh, I left the shop anyway. Um, but yeah, no. In all seriousness, I would like to raise a toast to Saint Patrick, the patron saint of drinking in public and urinating in public. So I intend to do one of those two things today. I'll let the listener decide which one. Okay, very good. Quite right. Quite right. But. Moving on to this week's task, um, can you inform the listener, Dr. Toomey, about what we were supposed to be doing this week? Yes, so this week's task was to open up our minds to a new form of social media that we weren't familiar with. And as we discussed last week, we haven't been keeping track of the latest social media updates. So we decided to embrace TikTok the new craze, the new video sharing app where you share a 15 second video of yourself doing a dance or doing something else to draw attention to yourself and then uh, share it with people around the world and you get lots of views and stuff and likes. Uh, so we embrace that as two 34 year old footy duddies and yeah, let's uh, see how we got on. But maybe as we were discussing before we went on air, maybe we should give a, a brief background of our personal history of social media and our own kind of uh, perspective on this. And I'll let, let you lead us out on that, Professor T. Yes, so social media for me probably started with Bebo back maybe around 2004, 2005. But if you really just, you know, want to define what social media is, it's interacting with other people uh, on the internet, I would say, is a fair definition of it. And before I would have used Bebo, I never used any of the previous iterations of social media, things like MSM Messenger and that type of thing. I was never involved in, but I believe I you, was. you you used that back in the day, yeah? Yes, I frequented chat rooms. I remember being in uh, Vasco Pita, a friend of ours. Uh, sorry to name you there, Vasco. But I remember <laughs> being specifically in your house with a, another friend called Stephen Castell. Sorry to name you, Stephen. And uh, being on these chat rooms and going in. And it was just such a thrill that you could go out to these chat rooms and chat about anything. Um, it was just a unique concept at the time. And it's funny because chat rooms kind of still exist today, but they've been replaced with much better and more robust and more uh, kind of um, more. Uh, how would you say more? There's um, <laughs> a compulsion in me to say more better, but I, I know it's wrong. More better. <laughs> more better. I don't know. Is it just better? Maybe but it's just better. Matter. Maybe I should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they've been replaced with much better ways of interacting with people. Oh, but that's a nice one. Yeah. Back in the day, a chat room was a, was a hugely novel concept. And I remember kind of using them maybe the odd time, once or twice, in an internet cafe or something. But You would go in anonymously. So you'd have an anonymous uh, profile or username, and you could just go in. And the, I suppose you would. there was moderators on the, the chat rooms. Uh, so you could talk in the group on the chat, or you could talk individually in the, the chat as well. 
So that was the whole thing. It was completely anonymous as opposed to today's uh, opposite of anonymous. Yeah, completely, Another word problem. completely uh, pseudonymous. No, I'm joking. Um, okay, so anonymous is actually the opposite to anonymous. Anonymous. Anonymous, yeah. Jesus Christ. Now you, there you go. I learned there something new today. Um, anyway, so back to social media. So chat rooms. So yeah, I, I didn't really have the internet until mid-2000s at home, so I wouldn't have used that. But um, in college, I remember I signed up to a... a a website called Rate Your Music, and that had a forum on it where you would chat to people, but it was specifically about music. But I would spend a lot of time on that, discovering music, discovering bands and stuff. But in and around the same time, because we had computer rooms at college, sorry, I should say, so I spent a lot of time using the internet just in the college computer rooms. But um, in and around the same time, Bebo cropped up, and this was, for me, I think, and probably you, 2004, and it was um, basically... You added everyone you knew on Bebo. They had a profile. They had profile pictures. They had um, galleries of like pictures from when they went on holidays and things. And then you could privately message one another as well. And then later on in Bebo, they and they brought in this concept called share the love, where you could give somebody uh, a like or a love heart um, every day. And then people's pages would be emblazoned with the number of loves that had been shared with them. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually started to really dislike Bebo when that came in, because I obviously felt self-conscious that I didn't have nearly as many as everybody else did. And it just made you feel like you were shit and less than other people. And I think that's when, for me, the start of the decline in social media came in when Bebo started doing the share the love. That's interesting. I can't remember the, the Bebo before the likes. I always associated it with likes. So it must have been a freer and more kind of open place without likes. Yeah, it wasn't even likes, actually. I don't think likes existed. Was it, it was love hearts, sorry, yeah. Love hearts, yeah, but I, I even think likes weren't in the first version of Facebook that I used. As far as I remember, I don't think likes came in until later. Uh, maybe somebody might correct me on that. But, yeah, Bebo didn't have all this likes and liking photos and stuff. You could comment on people's photos, but it was just more humane and less <laughs> yeah. kind of rating people out of 5 or 10 or whatever. Yeah, because the likes and the love hearts are used as a way, as everyone knows, to to rank your popularity. Or if you have more uh, likes than somebody else, that means in some way you're better than that other person. Like no, in some level, that means in all ways you're better than that person. <laughs> in all measurable ways. Yeah, it's a really efficient way to rank human beings against yeah. each other. And and. In the present day, in, in the couple, last couple of years, there's been a really good episode of Black Mirror about that, where people go around with their rating out of five over their head, and you rate every transaction you have with a person out of five. Um, have oh, you yeah. seen that? Yeah, I've seen yeah. that one. I think, I think that's so, that's such an excellent depiction of where we've come, like where we've come from and where we are now with social media. It's just like so on the cutting edge of exactly what it's like out there, if you take it too seriously. And I know a lot of people do take it very seriously. Um, but it kind of brings us on to our next point. So social media evolved over the years and Bebo became Facebook. And I think me and you and everyone we know would have signed up to Facebook. And Facebook was very popular for me with the people I was friends with around 2009, 2010 was when it really peaked, I think. Um, I was working in a call center in town. Everybody was around like mid-20s to mid-30s or even early 20s. And everyone was like, oh, add me on Facebook, man. And, you know, uh, messaging each other and organizing nights out and groups. And back then, you like, you created groups and you created groups for the shittest things, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, uh, and that was... Uh, yeah, Facebook was really popular for me then, but Facebook started to decline in popularity, I think, 
maybe in the last three or four years and they got or maybe even longer ago than that they had really bad press and you know how to use people's data and the whole um the whole thing cambridge analytics thing and everything that was featured in the documentary there recently um it kind of changed the public perception on facebook but um along the way you had the likes of instagram and snapchat uh, pop up as well and i don't know if you're the same as me but I felt when they came along, I felt that I was too old for them and I never got into them and I never opened a Snapchat account and I only opened an Instagram account for a very specific purpose, which was to join up with some reunion night out thing that was happening at work and it was all being done through Instagram. But if it hadn't been for that, I never would have opened that either. So what, what would be your experiences of Instagram and Snapchat and other, other social media platforms? Well, I think with, with Facebook, I was kind of running out of steam when that was coming towards the end of its popular phase. Uh, I think, yeah, as you mentioned, with Cambridge Analytica and the privacy issues and stuff like that, it's like, I think in my head, it was kind of like, I've sh- I've shared so much photos, so much personal photos on Facebook, so much comments from when I was 20, when I was a, having a, a drunken night out, that I, I actually started to be turned off uh, Facebook. Um, and then I suppose I became turned off when people were sharing photographs um, depicting their life as better than it actually was or like having a perfect life. So it kind of, I felt that Instagram was the, the next extension of that, where it was solely about photographs of yourself uh, and the things that you were doing. Um, it wasn't even about the funny comments. It was just solely based on you showing off. That That's the kind of the attitude I had to it. So I didn't really bother looking into it because I just had a closed-minded uh, reaction to it from the start. I was kind of thinking, what's the point of this? And then Snapchat was, it's kind of a similar concept to Instagram, isn't it? It's kind of like sharing something uh, on your mobile yeah. phone. Although so, it's it's kind of interesting in its own way, Snapchat. So yeah, so Instagram was the same for me. It, it just seemed like people perpetuating this myth that their life was brilliant, posting every posed for picture that you took 20 versions of, uh, posting every picture where they looked amazing and when they were in Brazil or Cuba or wherever the fuck they were and, you know, on an elephant or whatever. And it's just like painting this picture that your life is like you're a millionaire and you're a Hollywood actress and you're going around and touring the world and that's that's what you do. Yeah, and you'd, they'd be, people would be at museums and rather than looking at the paintings on the wall, they'd be taking pictures of the paintings or a picture of them beside the painting. And, and similar for any tourist attraction, the the attraction of the, the memory became you, you, the selfie of you looking smug beside the Eiffel Tower or whatever. Exactly, and the selfie of you beside the Statue of Liberty and the selfie of you beside whatever the fuck. And I've done that as well because... Without meaning to, I've been sucked into that. Um, society has sucked me into that place where I now sometimes still post pictures on Facebook of me standing beside the Statue of Liberty. And you know, you don't even stop to think sometimes what a dickhead you are. But <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it's just something maybe we don't fully understand because I was at a, a concert there a couple of weeks ago, ni- the 1975, which is Liz is a big fan of. And the concert started, but there was these three, I would say, maybe 17 or 18 year old girls. They stood up at the start of the concert. They took out the three of them in a row beside each other. They, they took out their phones and they proceeded to record the entire gig on their phones. <laughs> While the gig is taking place, imagine that, like recording the entire thing, three of you, like your friend is already recording it. Why are you recording it? Uh, but that seems to be normal these days. The reality, well, I've, I have mixed emotions on that, right? It's good. This is a good, as good a place as any to get into that. Um, so I understand the reason why they might want to record it because they're there. It's an experience. It's something you don't do very often. And 
you think you trick yourself your brain tricks itself into thinking that if you record it it makes it an even better experience because not only are you there for it you've got a live document of it as well right i think that's the mindset that people go into um then there's a secondary layer to that as well where they want to share bits with other people and that's where you get into the instagram part or the facebook part where you're posting clips and then there's a third maybe more music geeky part where they want to upload the video onto youtube now this is where i kind of have mixed feelings about it because while I'm against somebody looking through a phone looking at a gig, I think you should just enjoy the gig yourself. I am also a person who goes onto YouTube and looks for live performances of acts that I'm about to go to see or that I've just seen. So, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't be completely against people <laughs> recording a gig and then go and look for that footage that you detest being recorded. And that's kind of the place I'm at at the moment. Okay, that, that's fair enough. Uh, so, I'll give you an example. Like, if I was going to see Neil Young, right? So, he whips out old songs that he hasn't played in 40 years at his gigs. And he's got such an extensive catalogue of music that he can do that all the time. Not, not, not necessarily 40 years, but like 30 years, 20 years, 40 years, sometimes 50 years, he might not play the song. And he'll whip it out online. Or, sorry, he'll whip it out at a concert and he'll play it. And if I find out that he's played a song like that, I'll go and immediately search for a video of it. But if I was at the concert and somebody beside me was filming the song, I'd be pissed off at them. So, I don't know, maybe I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> well, I think after the fact, it's useful if somebody records the video, and after it, you do have that memory. If you recorded it or someone else had it, it's, it immortalizes the memory. But I think the, the human, normal human reaction is that if you're recording something, you're not fully in the moment. Uh, you're not being mindful, you're not experiencing it fully. So you're kind of sacrificing the actual experience that, of it in the moment to have the memory afterwards i find myself in a kind of a at a stalemate with myself because <laughs> I, I like i still want to watch those videos but i don't want people recording them so <laughs> yeah i don't know what the answer it's, is to that it's one. an interesting one and that brings me to uh, an unusual route which is uh, uh i'm getting married in uh september or as things stand with the coronavirus you never know but a big debate is whether we should get a videographer and People tell you, some people live by a videographer. Video, I don't know if that's the right, I'm I pronouncing it right. Vi- videographer. Videographer. Am I saying it right? Vi- videographer, I think, is the correct yeah. pronunciation. Uh, so, um, yeah, so my whole thing is if there's someone there recording me all day, I'm obviously going to be distracted by that. And I might act in a different way than if the person wasn't there sticking a camera in my face or being subtly sticking a camera in my face, which is apparently... <laughs> yeah. On one side, sorry, you get the memory of that wedding for the rest of your life and people could look back at it. But on the other hand, for me, it kind of takes away from the actual experience, the magic of the moment of being fully present and engaging with the moment. Because part of your mind is distracted by being recorded. 100% agree with you there. Yeah, com- completely agree with you. And I... my. Wife and I, well, um, current ex, I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> when I got married recently, let's just say that, in the last couple of years, and we, uh, we didn't get a videographer um, because of those very reasons. Well, the price was probably a reason as well, but I didn't want one, and I don't think Grace really wanted one either. Um, but my, my logic on it was, I don't want some twat pointing a camera in my face. I won't be able to be myself. Like, I can't even be myself when there's people over in my apartment. So how the fuck am I going to act myself when there's a person with a camera filming me every second of the day? Like, the whole, the whole thing about photographs is you look at a photograph and you piece together the memories from the day from the photographs. But the video shows everything, warts and all. And it'll probably disappoint you about how 
pedestrian the whole day was, how generic a wedding you had, and, uh, and, and how much people were probably just sitting there and smiling a lot of the time and doing fuck all else. But like, at least if you capture them with a camera, you can piece together those memories for the rest of your life. And it could be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. But if you have that actual cold, hard videotape, <laughs> I'm going to date myself there. You'll never, firstly, you'll probably never watch it. And if you do, you'll probably be disappointed. That's my thinking on it. I think, yeah, and I think the overall it speaks to having a bit of balance. I think like having memories, having photographs, having videos makes sense, but not if you're you're doing it the whole time. That's just my perspective. And but like we don't know what's going on inside the the minds of young people. For them, recording it or or taking photographs might be much more enjoyable to them uh, than actually being in the moment because they get so much uh, social capital online from their friends they get the likes they get their they, their existence gets uh, justified so for me, maybe for them it actually um it is more important to record it rather than to live it as ridiculous as it sounds and maybe as us as older people don't understand that so i'm just playing devil's advocate there but it just shows i, I think it just shows that uh, like there's different perspectives on this nobody really has the answer yeah and like i can't say that i've fully escaped that whole social capital thing and that whole, you know, I want to have evidence that I was at a thing um, because I do a bit of it as well. So my, my balance that I strike is that I will record maybe one song or a portion of a song from a live concert. And I will also take a number of photographs, usually at one point uh, or maybe two points during the show. A lot of that is to remind me of the fact that I was at the show because I like to look through my old photographs a lot on Dropbox and things. And if you have a, a glut of photographs from one night, you'd be like, oh shit, yeah, I remember I went to that. And the video is kind of, sometimes it's to share with people. Rarely it's to put up online, but it's certainly to share with people who I know might be interested via WhatsApp or that type of thing. Uh, look, oh, here's a you know, clip of them playing this or whatever. So I do a bit of it myself as well. And I'm certainly... I don't like to use the word guilty of, but I don't know another phrase that covers it. But I've certainly done things like check in online in places I've been and stuff. And <laughs> there's a bit of ego attached to that, like without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. Like you want you want people to know you're in a place doing a thing. And yeah. you know, but like, it feels good to get likes and validation. It's it's, it's a human thing almost. To, and then sometimes people yeah. be like, "Oh, I was there," you know, last month or last year or whatever. You know? So you get a bit of that. But I think maybe we we've escaped the huge living your life online type of mindset and we only escaped it by a few years uh, we maybe live a portion of our lives online and that's just because of the decade and the year we were born rather than anything else yes absolutely and i would suggest that this has been a very fruitful discussion on the personal history of social media why don't we play a little music interlude here and then we'll come back after the break and talk about our personal experiences with tiktok Okay, so TikTok. This is the part of the episode where we actually discuss the task that we have planned for this week after that 20-minute uh, tangent on social media, although I think it was a worthwhile tangent nonetheless. But, um, yes, yeah, so the task this week was to record a couple of videos each for TikTok, which is a relatively recent, if I'm not mistaken, social media platform that is used to record, well, 15-second videos seem to be the main, but 60-second uh, videos are also available as well. Um, and... You record basically a video of yourself and you upload it and it's very quick and it's very easy and then you basically wait for the likes to come in or the views to come in or that type of thing yeah it's it's primarily a video sharing app but they've added in uh things like uh sound effects uh music 
uh, trends that you can sort of add in the hashtag type of thing and get on a trend. And basically the idea is that uh, people like to follow a trend, like a certain dance that's going on or a certain meme. Uh, people will, will put up videos relating to that meme. So that's that's kind of like the general uh, point of TikTok. It's the most, most, so I just say as well, it's the most popular social media platform uh, now. That, so that, that shocks me because I only heard of it when you suggested doing this task to me. I'd never heard of it. And that's not me being like, oh, I've never heard of it. I'm not so cool. I'd actually never heard of it before. Yeah, because maybe it shows we're kind of becoming dinosaurs a bit. Because this isn't aimed at us, really. It's aimed at the young people, the hip people. The young people with their <laughs> circuses and their fairs. Yeah. You don't know the realities of life. Um Yes, let's look down on young people. Uh, no, uh, yeah. So it, it's not a, aimed at our age group, although there are a, there are various age groups on it when when you get into it. So when you downloaded it, um, what was your first reactions to it, Professor T, as someone who wasn't familiar with it previously? I downloaded it with a healthy plate of cynicism beside me uh, that I was taking a morsel from every couple of minutes. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, no, I downloaded it and I looked at it and I was like, ugh. Uh, I, I started looking at the videos and it kind of annoyed me, I have to say. The concept of it annoyed me. The, the, the short, snappy comedy, in inverted commas, videos, I thought most of them were shit. And it, it was a lot of people miming to things and thinking they were brilliant because they were doing that. And then it was a lot of things where they'd added in picture or video effects layered over the actual video which were like not particularly interesting and then there were a couple of really funny ones that i actually thought fair play to you you're actually putting in some effort there yourself but mainly it was people doing very little adding effects or music to it and the effects or music were the meat of the video so i thought it was basically all style and no substance yeah uh, i would agree with that mostly and uh, it was also people following on uh, memes that were already set by other people. Like so there's a there's a few dances that are like there's one where people are dancing sideways up a stairs. I'm sure you've seen that one, and people with their arms out to the side and doing this kind of weird Indian dance. And people are, people are doing it in various different settings. And uh, in all fairness, they seem to be having a lot of fun with it. Uh, that that's one point I w- I would say that's a positive. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> But, albeit they are attention-seeking, and there's some sort of, uh, yeah, I don't want to be too judgmental. I was going to say the word obnoxious. It is um, obnoxious. <laughs> it is obnoxious. It's obnoxious and smug. Uh, that's what I kind of thought about it. And I think that about a lot of online content. And maybe people think that we're obnoxious and smug because we have a podcast and we talk about fuck all that's important. And that's fair enough, and that's their opinion, and they're entitled to it. But my opinion on TikTok Immediately, you're asking for my immediate reaction was, these people are full of themselves. They think they're great, <laughs> and they're not great, and that's the problem with the the way, the, how easy it is to create content. Previously, you had to be good at something to create content, and now you don't. And anyone can just create whatever the fuck they want and put it up online and get 169,000 likes. And it's not representative of any talent or skill. It's just representative of the fucking vacuous nature of society. <laughs> You're not holding back there. Uh, but yeah, if you look at the people who are most popular at it, it's people who look good, so they're they're physically attractive, and they are on brand, so they're following the memes and um, to a T. And 
there's other people who are creating their own memes, but it's usually trendsetters and people following the trends. Okay. Exactly, yeah. And I think we've taken a long step away from, um, or a huge step away from YouTube, because YouTube is actually like content created by skilled people. And even things like, I mean, something that I don't even understand, but at least there's a skill attached to it, is people playing video games and people watching people playing video games. Now, to me, when I first heard about that, I was like, Jesus, that's insane that people are doing that. But at least the person playing the video game is so skilled at the game that they have an audience of people who want to watch them play the game. Because video games are very fucking difficult to, to get really good at. I know that from my own experience and from recent ones I've played. You know, they video games have upped their game <laughs> to to hammer a fucking term. But um but at least there's some skill attached to that. Like, and when people do even reviews about things, at least they're using their brain or something like but I just thought I thought that TikTok was just a an endless stream of people not using their brain, not using any creativity, not being in any way witty and just following along with trends and filtying the internet with their <laughs> with their low quality garbage <laughs> vapid is a word that uh, springs to mind vapid yeah uh, so is that where we are in 2020 where fame it is where we are fame is not necessarily associated with talent so talent doesn't matter anymore you could be famous by being looking the right way or doing following the trend the right way not necessarily being creative and it seems to work. You get completely the rewards for that. You get the likes, you get the follows, people big you up and you get to rank each other. You get to rank yourself against other people. Um, so there's cool people and people who aren't cool. Um, so that's the kind of the, the negative side of it. And so so I could tell that the, the, the uh, divorce of creativity from fame uh, irks you. <laughs> It's not the divorce of creativity from fame. It's the divorce of creativity from content. I think there's a bit of okay. a difference there. Okay. So you can be creative, not necessarily famous, but you can be skilled. Whereas these people are not creative and they're famous and they're not skilled. <laughs> so, okay. So it's like they've nothing, but except <laughs> they nothing. get everything in return for it. <laughs> now, let me play devil's advocate. So these people uh, are having fun with it. Uh, they are... I just realized that's my only point. <laughs> no, they're having fun with it. They like following the cool people, the celebrities, to see what they're doing. They like what, I, what I've termed here, I've written it down, copycat creativity is what they like to engage in. So there's a certain fun is the structure of what you're supposed to be doing is set for you. And you're going to copy that structure. But you can actually play around with it a bit. You can change the setting in the background. You can add humor. You can add effects. So you're being creative in a way that's not original. That's that's what I mean by copycat creativity. So there's you're you're very linked with your friends. Um, your friends are out doing these videos. Um, so they get a lot of marginal utility out of it. <laughs> Good old Stan. Um, but but uh, okay. So this at this point, I'd like to interject and say yes, and I I. Fully accept that I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. I'm like fucking Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon 3, uh, <laughs> which was the last decent Lethal Weapon. Um, but I am too old for this shit. So this, that's my actual opinion that I gave you there on the okay. episode. Uh, if I was in work around younger people, I might have filtered that a bit because I would have been concerned with coming off as an old fuck, basically. But, uh, but yeah, I, that's my actual opinion. That's why I actually think about it. Uh, but I'm also open to the idea 
that I'm close-minded. Can you be open to being close-minded? <laughs> I don't know. I think you can. I think as well, you don't necessarily have to move towards the more uh, accepting kind of open uh, judgment of it. Like everyone's into, like, I'm not trying, I'm, I was just kind of giving you the devil's advocate there. I, I know, I know that, yeah. And, but you're right as well. Like, they are probably having fun, in inverted commas. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever they're into. But, uh, I like I still think there's value in Twitter, even though it's kind of a cesspool of hatred in, in some ways. But I think there's value in it still because there's people creating content there that's um, new. They've created it out of nothing and they are adding to the world. Uh, I think there's value in Facebook because people are following events and gigs and bands and artists. And I think Facebook is still probably the best place to promote your event because you can link it at a venue you can attract fans to it you can put up videos of what they might see when they get there and you can create an audience and even though the numbers on facebook are dwindling i am not aware of a social media platform that has all of those facets to it at like at the tip of your fingers if you're an artist or performer or creator of anything um so i think facebook still adds value and i think twitter still adds value to the world even though they are nasty places at sometimes as well but I don't know. In my brief experience with TikTok, I don't think it adds any value to the world. Okay. That's fair enough. That is fair enough. All right. So let's move on to our own experiences with uploading videos. So if I may, I might start because I I got out of the traps a little bit uh, quicker than you on this one. And I started with a video... uh, sort of relating to there's a coronavirus meme uh online and uh people are just doing kind of silly things related to that like going out and deliberately uh touching surfaces and stuff like that now i didn't do anything like yeah and licking toilet seats and doing the wrong things i didn't really get into that uh side of things but i wanted to do something coronavirus related because i thought it would be topical and i might get some views because that's all i was interested in so I just, as a, as a taster, I did myself driving home from work, looking out for the coronavirus. And this was written in text at the top of the video. And it's just a video of me literally driving home, uh, recording myself driving home with the uh, handheld thing on my phone. So I wasn't holding the phone with my hand. It was, it was in the, the stand on my dashboard. And it was, just contr- it was just a video of me looking out the window with stupid music in the background. I didn't put any effort into it. And yet... I got uh, 338 likes. So, no, did you get likes or views? Oh, views, sorry. <laughs> Can I ask, did you get any likes? Uh, nine. Nine likes, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it so, was tripe, it was shite. Now, was that just on that video or on your whole profile combined? No, that video. You got nine likes on that video? Yes. Fucking I hell. I watched that, <laughs> I watched that <laughs> this afternoon before we recorded, and I, I thought to myself, this is shit. <laughs> It is shit. It's crap. <laughs> it's awful. But here's us creating like podcasts and we don't get anything like those oh, no. views. Yeah. We actually have to put effort in. Uh, anyway, no, we won't yeah. go down that road. Um, yeah. But, jeez, uh, okay. Okay, so I'll go into my first one, will I? So, so I, like, being the old fuck that I am, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Like, I, I wasn't going to do any of the stuff that I was seeing popping up because, you know, I just... That wasn't me, like you know. So I wasn't going to do something stupid just for the sake. So I did an old uh, impression that I've been doing for about twenty years, which is um, Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman, 
and uh, yeah, I did the impression of him doing this speech, which is a very famous scene in Scent of a Woman. It's an impression I've been doing for a long time. It's not a particularly good impression, but it's good enough for people to kind of go, oh, you kind of sound like Al Pacino. Um, and yeah, that's the first thing that popped into my head, so that's what I did. The number of likes I got? 77. Oh, sorry, the views. I got seven, 77 views, zero likes. <laughs> and I would say it was a good impression, but I would say there's a lack of context around that in that it's not linked on to a, a, an ongoing meme or something trendy that's going on. So I, I would say maybe that's one of the reasons it didn't get a likes. But see, the, views. the videos pop up at random, don't they? Uh, yeah, but I think there's some sort of algorithm uh, thing that links them to the the memes or the trends and how pe- how long people view them. I, I understand. I didn't do it about anything topical, but I would have felt wrong doing it about something like that because it's just not for me or whatever. Even doing that video there, doing the Al Pacino impression, I felt like a prostitute just doing that. <laughs> there is something like selling your soul or selling yourself through this, isn't there? I, I really did. I just felt like I'm doing this solely to get people to watch it. And like yeah. I, the only thing I could... like kind of console myself with was that I quite enjoy doing that Al Pacino impression and I really like him as an actor so I wasn't just doing some fluffy shit for the sake of it but, it's uh, one of your trademark impressions it is bring out after, after a few drinks eight pints yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so like there was that it was like, so like at least I didn't fully prostitute myself but like you know I was, I was an escort at the very best yeah um, and I'll just go on to my next one here which is more escorty and, and equally vapid as my last uh, video and it is literally a video it's uh it's called emoji time or something like oh, that yeah. and there emojis different emojis spin uh in a circle around your face on the screen and then the task is for you to imitate the emoji it just morphed morphed uh my eyes my eyes became bigger on the screen yeah uh, that's all i could see rubbish <laughs> but like to me that's a, a classic example of one where there's absolutely no skill or anything involved in that like it's just you sitting there and a graphic being superimposed over the video and altering your video slightly. Yeah, and I was deliberately not really doing anything creative. I was being as boring as possible. I suppose a part of me hated the whole process, so I didn't want to like be creative or put my own like <laughs> creativity into it. Sorry, it's hard to say that without uh, sounding like an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my own talents into it uh so yeah so basically it got 420 likes and i think that's because it was on trend so there was no talent no skill whatsoever in it 420 views sorry i keep messing mixing yeah yeah um yeah no and i understand that yeah and but then like if you are the person who does that like not you but an actual real person who maybe a 20 year old girl or something who uses tiktok regularly and does the emoji challenge and she gets 420 likes is that going to make you happy that 420 people or view, views whatever the fuck they are there it, is a part of you though that goes jeez I did well there but like, that feels good but what have you done to get that you've done nothing nothing like you could be any interchangeable moderately attractive girl let's say and you yeah. could get the same number of likes but even even you. that's interesting because that's like saying I have done nothing so and I've got all the likes and views so it's just about me that means I am attracting these likes and views it's not me doing anything it's me me who's amazing yeah but if, if people actually are thinking that i fear for their mental health and that's been legitimate in the years to come because it can be so depressing chasing that online and i've had a, bit, a small taste of it like and i can't imagine how difficult it is for somebody who's only 
turning 20 now, going to college or whatever. And that's the type of shit that they have to do to validate themselves. Yes. Yeah, because you're putting your the validation of your existence in the hands of strangers who are going to view or like your video. So equally, if you were kind of into TikTok and you created another video that got 12 views or whatever, then you're going to feel bad about yourself. So you're going to put lots of effort into the next video. And so it's a, it's a very fragile way to live your life where you're getting ex- external validation um, rather than internal validation. Um, but I think maybe that's a bit, again, I'm trying to be devil's advocate. Maybe that's a bit black and white because maybe there are people who feel confident in themselves and at the same time they like the attention from this and it doesn't really affect them. They do it for a bit of fun and their friends are doing it and they get loads of views and stuff and they feel a bit better about themselves. So I don't, I don't, I think there is like a balance in the middle. Like I wouldn't be, I'm not going to be using TikTok after this task and I'm not going to be doing any of that, but I, I'm just trying to get into the mindset of people who do. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And maybe there are a healthy number of people who just do it for the shits and giggles, let's say, but I'd say there are also quite a substantial portion of people who live and die by those likes or views. Um, and that's kind of, I don't know. I feel for them. <laughs> just yeah. going, back, going back to the hearts on Bebo. I used to feel yeah. shit when I had like 20 and like Mark had 760. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like I did, I'll be honest, I did. I'd be looking at it every day going, oh, nobody's giving me, all right. <laughs> and that was only and this a, is a tiny little thing, you know. And like it didn't affect my day that much. But now if you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on TikTok, you probably have 10 social media platforms and I've sat behind and it's always girls I have to say but I've sat behind like girls on the bus whatever and I'm not looking at what they're doing but you can't help but see they just go in and out of apps one after the other after the other after the other after the other and they're just going in and out of social media applications like lightning fast quicker than I could do if I was in a world championship of such an event but like it's just like in and out in and out in and out check this check that check this check that and it's just like a fucking endless cycle of fucking validation or looking or seeking validation yes it really is and it, it creates a completely another world where you're not seeking validation from the people beside you on the bus if you're the girl in that situation you, it doesn't matter because you're on your phone you're getting the validation from people across the world so it's a it's kind of you're living your your life in a different world that's giving you validation and maybe your communication with people in day-to-day is less important to you. Yes, and I will say myself that even with what we do, the podcast we make, I seek validation regularly because I often check how many downloads we've got, and I check it multiple times per day. (laughs) (laughs) That's maybe the one vice that I have for social media, but I check it all the time. And Like if, let's say, I left it for uh, an hour or two and there was a a significant increase, I'd be like, yes! But then I suppose at least we've created something. So maybe like, you know. I'm the same. I check it as well. But yeah, I feel it's it's natural or it's more natural to us to be rated on something we've created or some sort of talent we've put out there or some piece of art in a way. I know that sounds complete arsy to say a podcast is art, but it's something at least creative that requires skill. It um, is though. It is like it's uh, nowadays it is, has to be considered in the arts. Like what else would you put it in? It is. Yeah, it's art or, or entertainment at least. Uh, so we're not just putting ourselves out there to be rated. We're putting our kind of... So we're probably better than everyone else. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what we're saying in a veiled yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to go out to your video there, Professor T? Oh, yeah, my second video. Second video. 
So I did a, an old rap verse that has been hanging around since 2007 that I never recorded really except one time with our former producer. Am I allowed to say all this? Fuck it, I'm saying yeah, it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I recorded an old rap verse and uh, yeah, it was all right, like, but it's an old verse that I've had lying around for a long time. Again, I couldn't think of anything else to do. It's not in um, on trend with current memes or anything like that, but yeah, it was just a verse of me rapping. And I got 56 plays or 56 views. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a bit of a rant from years ago about reality TV and things like that at the time and the um, tabloid media. But uh, yeah, I didn't quite know what else to do. Like when when forced to come up with something in a bite-sized portion to put on a site such as that or an app such as TikTok, I went deep back into my back catalogue of tricks and pulled out a couple of things that I've been doing forever because I'm so uh, out of the loop with what people actually do nowadays for those apps that I couldn't think of anything current or uh, anything that would probably generate like hundreds or thousands of views because it's just outside of my whole thought process. Yeah, and that makes sense. You went went back to what you were familiar with and also putting something out there that was in some way creative. I thought this would have gotten more traction because of that creativity, um, because it's different. But I think it goes back to that whole, the one of the themes of our overall discussion is like the, the create the originality and the creativity doesn't really matter as much. Now it's more about being on trend and, and following the, the predefined uh, trends and memes. So so maybe people see that and they go, oh, is somebody rapping? Oh, I don't give a shit. I think that's been around forever, though, really, in, in many ways. Uh, there's an old saying in the record industry, which I've read a few times from different people, and it's uh, art for art's sake, hits for fuck's sake. Huh. So, like... That's a, like a record industry thing that they used to say back in the day, where it's like, yeah, yeah, you can do your album, but give me a fucking hit single, because that's all I'm interested in. That, that makes sense, because anyone can put out something that, that's crea- creative, but it's not, if it's not within the, the context of what's going on out there uh, in terms of what's popular, then it's very hard to break through. Yes, if it's not creating new trends or if it isn't on trend itself, then who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, on that kind of <laughs> slightly uh, uh, depressing uh, ending, uh, yeah, what, what would, you, would you use TikTok again and any final thoughts on it? Never in a month of Sundays. Never in a month of Sundays. And have you deleted the app yet or are you going to? No, because I have it here, but I will delete it shortly. Okay, very good. Um, I think uh, TikTok is absolute vapid nonsense. <laughs> But I can understand at the same time that people enjoy it and I try not to uh, look down on them too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I might keep the app because as uh, as, as, uh, as uh, something as it sounds, I can't think of the word, uh, I sometimes I flick through those 15 second videos since I got the app um, and it is entertaining for about three minutes even though part of me is judging all of the videos. I'm still watching. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I mean, I won't say I completely hated every single thing I saw, but the general com- concept and premise of it, I didn't like. I'd rather listen to a long-form piece of th- something like music or, an, or a podcast or even watch a, something on YouTube. I just prefer that. That's me. Okay, I would be exactly the same. And that brings us to the end of TikTok. And let's play a little musical interlude before we go on to next week's task. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. 
welcome back and now to close us off for this week's episode we are going to focus on the task for next week professor t will you reveal to the listener what that is yes so as everybody knows with coronavirus we can't really go outdoors we're supposed to be self-isolating and things so we had a couple of things that we thought we might do in the next few weeks but they're really activities for outside of the home so we can't do those so what we have decided to do and in the spirit of you know being completely dismissive of social media and looking down on people who don't create content we decided to create our own content and what we're going to do is we have written bullet points of what would have in the past been known as a radio play Uh, And what we're going to do is we're going to perform the two parts of that play. Each of us is going to play one character. And we are going to do that on the air next week for Open Us. So it's going to be a roughly 40-minute radio play (laughs) based on a story, a skeleton of a story we've written. But not unlike shows like Kirby Enthusiasm, we're not writing a script. We're just going to go in with bullet points and we're going to let the conversation flow. So we know where it's going to start and we know where it's going, but we don't know what the in-between parts are going to be and we're just going to live the characters for 40 minutes and we're going to do it in one take and then that's going to be it and we're going to upload that as next week's episode of open us so it's a 40 minute radio play i don't know what you call that in the podcast era but that's what we're doing a freestyle improvised uh, play on the radio even though it's not a radio and uh, we are going to spend the next couple of days chatting to each other uh, formulating the plot and then yes as you said we're just going to freestyle it as you didn't say i said we're going to completely freestyle it and see how that goes uh, next week so hopefully the listener will join us for that hopefully they will right you are okay any final words dr toomey stay open If you'd like to contact us on social media ahead of next week's task, search for us on Twitter. It's at Open Us Podcast. On Facebook, it's also Open Us Podcast. On Instagram, it's Open Us Podcast. And via email, it's Open Us Podcast at gmail.com. I thought that TikTok was just a, an endless stream of people not using their brain, not using any creativity, not being in any way witty, and just following along with trends and filtering the internet with their, with their low-quality garbage. <laughs>